Welcome to uh, week six of Summit, or shall we say week six of Job held hostage by a bunch of well-meaning friends. Uh, those of you who are old enough to remember the uh, uh, Americans in Iran held hostage, um, Job's been held just about as much hostage, it seems like. And every time I start to think about uh, uh, his friends, you know, I just think, what are these bozos thinking? And then I realize, I said, you know, most of the time, I am that bozo in terms of uh, comforting folks. Um, if we'd all do well to remember uh, Job 6.14 where he talks about uh, when you're dealing with a guy in despair, use words of kindness. So let's have some words of kindness today, and uh, let me start us with a word of prayer. Father, thanks for this time. Thanks for these guys who have sacrificed some uh, precious sleep and time to dig into your word. And Lord, we just thank you for your servant Job, uh, a man who was pure and upright and blameless. And Lord, that's what we aspire to be. So that's why we're here, Lord. Let us uh, um, develop hearts. Let us build hearts that are blameless before you. Let us uh, live in community in a way that is a comfort to those around us. And let us walk in a way that pleases you in all respects. So thanks for this time, Father. Uh, May it be sanctified to your use and in your son's precious name. Amen. Okay, so with Job 20 to 24, we finished the second cycle of speeches. Thank goodness. And we begin the third cycle of speeches with these same friends. And uh, um, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to move on from these guys. But instead of talking about them today, I want to talk about Job. And I want to focus on him and what's happening with Job. You know, last week in Job 19, we saw that uh, he was focused on his Redeemer. And it seems like the tone of things that Job had to say started to change. And this week, I want to focus on Job 23, because we see in Job 23 that, you know, it's really God's silence, God's silence, that Job finds the toughest thing to endure. And I don't know about you, but at my house, sometimes uh, uh, when I go silent, Sarah tells me those are the worst times in our house. Uh, when I'm silent, she really doesn't know uh, what's going on, whether I'm happy or sad or just um, in one of those rare contemplative moods or whatnot. But when things are silent, uh, that's tough. And maybe in your tough times as well, that's the hardest thing for you to endure. And when God is silent, we have to ask ourselves and wonder, is he there? Does he care? Where are you, Lord? Well, in Job 23, Job takes the opportunity to start building a foundation of faith that can endure even when God is silent. So let's take a look at Job 23. I've got a slide up here that has a little outline for it. It seems like to me that in verses 1 through 7, Job was saying that he would like a word with God. And in verses 8 and 9, uh, he's struggling to find God. And in verses 10 through 12, and this is kind of where we'll camp out today, uh, Job says that he would come forth uh, from testing like gold. And then in verses 13 to 17, he indicates that uh, um, he's not going to be silent, even though he has a very healthy fear of the Lord. And so let's turn to uh, Job 23, 10 through 12. 
Turn there in your Bible, if you will, and let's read that. But he knows the pathway that I take. If he tested me, I would come forth like gold. My feet have followed his steps closely. I have kept to his way and have not turned aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my allotted portion. And it just struck me as I was reading through that, that you really see a couple of different things at work there. And so I I just broke it down into a chart to make it simple. And this is something in your own study that I'd encourage you to do. Um, Look for things that repeat and whatnot. And we see Job, you kind of have on the left here, you have a Job column. And on the the third column over, you really have a God column and what his responsibility and his actions are. And then in the middle, uh, between those two uh, that I put in uh, bold letters, that's where kind of the jump ball is. That's where the action takes place. And so Job says, my feet follow his steps. And he says that I will obey his commands. I, I have obeyed his commands. And that's what engages the will. And then he talks about treasuring God's words. And that's where the heart comes in. And so we see Job's responsibility is his feet, his actions, his will, his heart. And you see that God provides the, the lead in his steps and with his commands and with his words. And then all the action occurs on the question of whether we will follow his steps and whether we'll obey his commands and whether we'll treasure his words. And I've put up there uh, some verses that I want to uh, uh, just read quickly to you because, you know, Todd talked about having some comfort verses available. Well, Psalm 37 is a comfort verse to me. Verses 23 through 25 especially says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I've been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. So there are the steps. The steps are established by the Lord. And I love that verse. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because it's the Lord is the one who holds his hand. And then with respect to commands, it makes me think of John 15, 13 through 15. If you've been reading through the journey, you um, saw Judy Wimberly Uh, last week quote those verses or cite those verses uh, as she was talking about um, Jesus being our friend. And John 15, 14 says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. And then finally in Psalm 119, 11, a verse probably many of you know, My words I have treasured in, uh, your words I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so my heart treasures his words. And our question today, and really every day, is will I follow his steps? And will I obey his commands? And in my heart, will I treasure his word? And you've probably figured out by now that Job really isn't a book about suffering. 
That's certainly an ingredient of the book. But rather, at its heart, Job's a book about faith. Uh, Philip Yancey in Disappointment with God describes the kind of faith that Job is learning as that kind of faith that believes even when there's no reason to left to believe. And he makes the point, and this is a great point, that Job's trials can't stand apart from their louder echo in the life of Jesus. And we know that faith is an issue throughout Christ's ministry. And at least twice in the New Testament, Jesus himself is uh, recorded as being amazed by the kind of faith that he saw, not from uh, sons of Israel, but from Gentiles, from a centurion in Matthew 8, and from a Canaanite woman in Matthew 15. He was amazed by their faith. And you know, in thinking about the way that Jesus comforted people who were suffering, there is really no more compelling encounter than what he has with Mary and Martha uh, about their brother Lazarus who has died. That's in um, John 11. And if you remember, um, Mary and Martha sent to Jesus. He was off somewhere else, and they sent a message to him and said, Lord, the one that you love is dying. Come quickly. And you may remember that Jesus' response to that summons was what? He ignored it for two days. He stayed where he was for two days. Underscoring again that God's timing is not necessarily our timing. But when he did respond... He gave us a great lesson about comforting people and about comforting those who are mourning. You know, Todd uh, uh, quoted the other day uh, Romans 12, 15, to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. And what Jesus, the way Jesus responded is Romans 12, 15 in action. You guys are working on memory verses. Well, here's a, another verse that you can memorize. John 11:35. it's the shortest verse in the Bible. It said, Jesus wept. And even though it may be the shortest verse in the Bible, it's also one of the most powerful response to hurting people. He wept. And that's an example that the Lord gave us of how to comfort people. Weep with them as they weep. And you know, in the person of Christ... We have the ultimate statement, God's ultimate statement, that he'll never leave us or abandon us. He has permanently clothed Christ in humanity and subjected him to the same temptations and the same sorrows that we face. Uh, slide I have up here of uh, Hebrews 4.15 talks about this. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. And you know, like Job, Jesus was tempted. And ultimately, he lost everything. Even his friends abandoned him. And he certainly uh, was subjected to some of the worst torture imaginable. But even worse was that he was separated from the one with whom he had enjoyed perfect fellowship from eternity past. He was separated from God, just like Job was. And Jesus, too, cried out to God about this separation. But ultimately, his response is captured in John 12:27 and 28. 
Now, the Lord says, now my soul is greatly distressed, and what should I say? Father, deliver me from this hour? No, but for this very reason, I have come to this hour. And Christ's conclusion is, Father, glorify your name. Glorify your name. And let me close by pointing out that as we begin this Easter season, you know, Job experiences tragedy and darkness and ultimately triumph. And so do Mary and Martha. They experience the tragedy of their brother's death, the darkness of the time when Jesus uh, uh, wasn't responding, but also the triumph of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And, you know, the same thing happened on that first Easter. Jesus' followers experienced the tragedy of the cross. And it was followed by three days of darkness when God was silent. But ultimately, it was followed by a triumph on Easter morning that still reverberates through history and still transformed people today if we will follow, obey, and treasure. So guys, ask yourself those questions today. Ask yourself those questions in our group. Will I follow his steps? Will I obey his commands? Will I treasure his word? Let me close in a word of prayer. Lord, thanks for your word. It's alive and powerful. It's able to transform lives, Father. Lord, let us not just uh, hear these words and um, then ignore them. But, Father, uh, let them get into us and let them transform the way that we think and the way that we speak and the way that we act. Father, give us hearts to comfort others with the comfort with which you have comforted each one of us sitting in this room. So thanks for this time, Father, and we pray that uh, it would be time that glorifies you. Father, in all things we ask that you glorify your name. In Christ's holy name, amen.